Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. back to school week for me. I don't know when back to school is for you guys, but I just want to say my kids went back to school yesterday and I have a lot of mixed feelings. Most of them are happy because I love the schedule of school. I really actually truly do. Uh, But two of my boys are seniors this year. One of my kids went off to college this year. So it's a new era at the Ivy household. And I know a lot of you have walked through this already, but it's new for us. It's different. I can't tell you yet how it feels, but It's our new norm, so we might as well step in. But it is what it is. But today on the show, my friend Heather McFadden is back. She was here in 2021. We had a conversation. And in fact, at the beginning of this conversation today, we talk about sending our kids back to school and what we love, what we hate, all the things. She has a podcast called Don't Mom Alone. Highly recommend it. And today we talk about a book that she has that came out this year called Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. And in fact, I listened to this book. I listened to the audio. She reads it. And the whole time I was just saying, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I released a book called UBU a couple of years ago. This is the same message. And what I love about that is whenever I see a lot of women releasing a lot of the same messages and books, there's zero bad feelings. It's 100%, God, you are up to something. God, you are equipping women to encourage other women to really be the person you created them to be. You, you are equipping women to say the same thing, like let's occupy the spaces you've given us and not want to be other places. And so, man, I love this book. I love this message. I think Heather is the perfect person to share it. And so you're going to love our conversation today, no matter where you are in life, whatever age group, wherever you're parenting or not parenting or married or single, this conversation is for all of us. So the book is already out. If you want to grab it, you can get it wherever you get books. It's called Right Where You Belong. Speaking of books, you guys, we are halfway through our August book club and it's going great. I'm so excited. Uh, Soon I'll be announcing the September book club. We'd love for you to join us. If you're interested, go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. And Patreon is a membership site. So yes, for $10 a month, you can join our book club. Here's what you get. You get the book. You get a digital copy of the book. All the books that we're reading are books that have not yet been released. And so this month, we're reading a book called An American Immigrant from Johanna Rojas Vaughn. Her book comes out in August, but we got it early. And so we're getting to read it ahead of time. I cannot wait to tell you our September and October books. I'm working on them right now. But we'd love for you to join us. And then we have a conversation with the author at the end of the month that is not here on the happy hour. That is just for our book club members. So if you need information, check out the show notes or go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. Guys, if you missed any of the shows this month, Hosanna's been here and Russell's been here. Two great conversations. But today is my friend Heather. So here she is. Here is my conversation with Heather McFadden. Heather, welcome back to the happy hour. It's always good to be here with you, Jamie. I have been looking forward to this for sure. It's always good to be here. Okay. I want to tell you a story about you. Uh, Actually, let's see. You were on in October of 2021. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That was the first book. Yeah. And I was on your show around them too. Mm-hmm. Wow, we did a little swappy swap, didn't we? We're friends. Well, did I tell this story on that show then about how much you blessed me? You might have. I'm going to say it again because it's okay. what I think about every time I think of you. I mean, seriously. <laughs> so I, uh, um, this nobody listening cares about this, but I do want to tell you we have mutual f- friends. A friend of mine now works for your husband. I know. I met him. Okay. He's adorable. Riley. He's lovely. Yes. So his wife, Chelsea, was talking to me about you guys and whatever. And and I said, well, have I ever met your husband? I don't think I have. If you did, it was really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, well, I don't know her husband, but let me tell you about Heather. And I did. I was like, Heather's the real deal. She's so lovely. You know how you have like memories that are seared in your brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think I told the story last time you were on, but it's worth repeating because there's a memory I have with you that will never, ever leave me. And I could cry Mm -hmm. is I had released my book. God made you to be you a kid's book. I was on this media tour and 
I'm talking about kids book and I'm talking about kids and no fault of any interviewers. Everyone asked me about parenting. Like I wrote a kid's book. Let's talk about parenting. And I was in the midst of some super hard things at home, like super hard things. And Satan was just in my ear double time. Like you're a worse mom. This is your fault. You're a bad mom. All the things. And I show up at your house. Like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. I show up at your house and I know you. And I sat down in the chair and I think I was just like, I was done. Like, I was like, I'm so done. And I just unloaded everything on you. And you just prayed for me right there. And I will never, ever until I die forget that moment. And I just want to tell you every time I see you, thank you. Well, I think you were a gift to me because I went through my own. I'm a bad mom when I was going through my book launch of this one. And while it was great to talk about the book, I still had the heaviness of home, right? And this message of you're, you know, God's working. Uh He's always working. You just can't see him. Like that's the Uh message. But my heart and like what was happening in my home, I was like, I have screwed it all up. It's beyond God's hand. Uh But I could remember, hey, Jamie was real, real with me. And this parenting gig is tough. And I don't know. I just think when you get to the teen years, you don't get to see behind the curtain very often. And so it was a privilege that you shared with me and just honored to walk with you. And then it really was an encouragement to me to be like, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Because my people here, I don't necessarily hear all up there. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the door. You know, it's interesting, Heather, because both of us have public ministries. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a ministry that has been built all around motherhood. Gosh. Right, and then well, really we get... about needing God in motherhood. Okay, not about how yeah, to do say it. That. Let's just yeah. say because I don't. I know. love that exactly. But then we get to this point in our parenting, and I always say, like, parenting teenagers will go down this far in my life is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I have good kids. Right. I mean, we have our things. Everybody does. That's the thing. Uh, it's so hard, and yet we have this like. I'm going to be careful how I use my words here. Like maybe this image. maybe Ideal. This, yeah. I think we have an ideal and, in our head of like what it should look like. Yeah. And we're also in front of people and they mm. ask us about it. That's uh, where it saying. gets so hard for me. When people ask me about parenting, maybe I just need to be like, go talk to Heather. She relies <laughs> on God more than I do. No. <laughs> God-centered. No. Um, I just go to tell people there's no formula. And you literally have to hold God's hand because you're, you could even – your kid and my kid could be going through the same thing, but how God is instructing each of us individually to yes. manage, manage, quote unquote, yeah, uh-huh. or to manage ourselves as we walk through it is going to be unique. And that is what's the gift of having the Holy Spirit is, yeah. is that mm-hmm. there isn't this formula that I could say, well, when you have a 13 year old do this, exactly. a 14 year old do this. It's like, no. Yeah. So unique. But we often want someone to tell us that. Yeah. Like, here's what you do mm-hmm. when you find a vape. This is what <laughs> here's you do. what you do when you they're see skipping this school. Yeah, yeah, here's yeah, what yeah. you do when you see the sex. Here's yeah. what you do when they run their mouth. Uh, and then we can't have that. We mm-hmm. just need. But you know what? Also, this is why I always encourage. I'm, I know you do as well. Is really encourage moms. Like, have people in your community that you see face-to-face that you get to talk to about things. Because relying on me and you and your podcast ears, we can be a great encouragement. But we don't know your life and we don't know what's going on. And honestly, you don't know what's going on in our life either. But having those relationships close to close is what changes things. Would you say that's been true in your parenting journey? Yes. Yes. I would say that is where we shifted from God-centered mom to don't mom alone was that I realized the don't mom alone encompassed mentors in your real life, Uh friends in your real life, your spouse if you have one, your, you know, your parents like have real people that know your whole story. Because I could have a guest on and they say something super hurtful or unhelpful. Yeah. And even unless you could process it with your in real life people, yeah. you'll feel more discouraged. And that's totally, not the goal. Totally, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you can introduce yourself, but you were here last October uh, with your book, Don't Mom Alone. Um, you have a podcast. So tell everyone what you're doing. What do you do these days? <sighs> what do I do? What do I do? I, on the weekly, do the Don't Mom Alone podcast. And then I've written these couple books. Uh, and then I care for four boys. Um, they're in three different schools. You've done what are that, their right? What ages now? Um, yeah, you told me. 11, 14, 16, 18. Gosh, yeah. So we're starting the senior year this year, sophomore. And just the three different schools, keeping up with all the emails, that's what I do. This is what I do all day. 
This um, is, I, I, I would like for us to have a, a public conversation about the emails. <laughs> I, I, I love to be in the know. So yeah. I, I don't want to like tell the school district, guys, we need, I, I like the information. I just need everyone to know it's, it's a task of keeping up with the emails. Well, and I just was right before I got on here, there's a group me for my son who's at Jesuit, it's the Catholic school uh-huh. that it's a group me for all the parents. And he, it was just the guy that runs the group me listing off all the school supplies I need to get. That feels inefficient. That's <laughs> where that's coming from. I need to keep up with the group me's and yeah. then team snap for the football. And oh, yeah, it's all the different places and the last minute. I just got a magazine in the mail for back to school for the other school. And it says it's mini school night on a certain night. I need to put that in my calendar. I have a job. And I started a second job. The other thing that I just started was teaching Mahjong. Wait, what is this? Do you know about Mahjong? No. Oh my gosh, I'm bringing it to Austin. Sounds like a drink that you get someplace. No. Have you watched Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. You know, at the very end when she's- And I read the book. It's better than the movie. The better. Yes, yes, yes. Uh I've read all the books. Um, Where she's at the table with her soon-to-be mother-in-law and they're playing a game with tiles. And she's is like, is this what I have on my computer too? Maybe, but the computer version is very different from the okay, real. Keep going. Okay. So that was Chinese mahjong. There's American mahjong. It's become super, super popular. Dallas, it has gone cry, cry. There are girls that have their own line of the tiles that are gorgeous, but they cost four hundred dollars for a set. You do not need to pay that much money, but they're gorgeous. Uh, so my friend and I are launching a business. Don't mahj alone. <gasps> Looky there. And so what do you, you teach us how to maj? I teach it. We come, we bring our two sets. You can have like eight people and we teach you how to play. And we, like, I think the real heart of it here in Dallas is people want to know how to play because they want to be invited. Yeah. So it's really about belonging. It's like a bridge club. Totally. Bunko. And it's not for like just women who aren't working. This is an evening thing. Yeah. You know, this isn't just a daytime situation, which is fine if you play during the day. I'm just saying yeah. it's not for people who are retired or older. This is right. an excuse to gather. Is okay, I'm going to have to look this up. Oh, my gosh. Send me all the information, Heather. Yes. But all I'm saying calendar-wise is I kind of need to block <laughs> out so we don't double book. I'm just saying yeah. it is tricky. The calendaring mm-hmm. for the fall, we're talking about back to school, and yeah. And just the and working I just want to balance. tell you this. Mm-hmm. I've done this once before, and I'm doing it now because I have two boys that are going to be seniors. Senior year, I, I what I need you to know, Heather, is that come March, April, May, do not plan a thing. Don't don't go anywhere. Don't do anything because a couple of reasons. One, all the things happen, and two, you don't want to miss them. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's like I literally think I said I'm not traveling all in those months. I said. I said yes to one thing. I guarantee you there's going to be something major that happens on that one weekend of the 90 days that I said yes to something. It's, it's how it will happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Okay. Yeah. Back to school. Yeah. Um, this actually episode is airing. My kids, when this comes out on August 16th, my kids started school the day before. Okay. So as of now that you're listening to this, people, all my kids are back in school. My oldest is off at college. I'm just, you know, living my best life. Well, I'm doing my regular life. I go to work every day. That's what I do. But how are you feeling about back to school? Uh, I think I always look forward to the quiet house. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, since your friend works for my husband, he works from home right now. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I still get, we've moved his offices so that I don't hear every meeting and know everything that's going on in the company. R- like right. I hear less. Uh-huh. But there is a noise level reduction when four boys go to school. Leave. So yeah. I am looking forward to that. But yeah, then it's just I'd like the I like the consistency. We mm-hmm. get up, we go, we do it. I don't like the pressure. I'm not someone who enjoys um pressure on a get here at a certain time, get yeah. this done by a certain time. Mm-hmm. So I I'm not looking forward to that piece. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, every season has its joys and its hardships. That's so true. That's so true. Um, I love the schedule as well. I think that's what yeah. I, I always look forward to back to school. It's like I know it's a consistent, I know it's happening. Mm-hmm. I said at the dinner table two nights ago, this is probably my first summer that I haven't felt so completely pulled and guilty about working. Yeah. And it came down to a couple things. 
the boys are all driving and have jobs. And so I feel like there's less needing of me, even though story still needs me. There's less of that. And then I, I made myself a little desk in my house because, you know, I have an office away from my house. And if I don't have to do interviews, I've been staying home and it's helped me just feel connected, even though there's hardly any people there because they're all doing their thing. I just felt a little bit more connected. So I have would say this has been a good summer for me as a working mom. Yeah. And I can't always say that. No, I was dreading this summer. I think because the last few, 20, 21, 22, last three, I was trying to balance running the podcast, writing books, launching books. Um, making memories and a pandemic. I mean, it was just not, yeah. none of it was fun. It felt like the tensions were too great. Mm-hmm. So this was the first summer where we didn't have all of those tensions. I've kind of had to let go of the, it's only good if all of us can do it. Oh, listen, this is what happened. This is what we need to tell the moms as their kids get older. Yep. Keep going. That, that pressure went away because they couldn't all do it. Yep. Either yep. they were, one was gone at camp at Pineco for two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, we had this Which miracle. Shout out to we shout had one out. go for two weeks too. Yes, it was his last year to be able to go two weeks. So Aww. he went two weeks. Um, we did not do family camp for the first time in 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And then the oldest went to Poland and worked with Ukrainian refugees for a couple of weeks. Last minute trip, like it came together last minute. He's been wanting to go back to Ukraine since he went in 2019 as like crazy. There was a pandemic. There was a, there's a war right now. So this worked out. And then we reached out to friends, which, you know, I was having mama heart stuff. It was so great to be able to email 50 people we knew that cared about him and say, hey, he's going on this trip. It's very last minute. Could you contribute? And in two days, they funded the whole thing to the dollar. Like nobody knew what other people gave. It wasn't like you could see Mm -hmm. (laughs) something. That's amazing. It was totally a God thing. And to me, it just encouraged my heart that there are people outside of me, this goes back to the don't mom alone thing, mm-hmm. who love my kid yeah, and want good it's for so him good. and they want to see him serve others. Anyway, yeah. so he did that. Other kid went to Bulgaria and went with his grandparents and his cousin and ran a camp and then went to Greece. I mean, what a summer. But they all had their own adventures. It wasn't yes. the six of us. Yep. I, in my mind, this wanted the new stage six we're of entering. us yes. to go to Italy. That did yeah. not happen. That yeah. would have cost... or something ridiculous. Right. We're not doing that. Yeah. So I was really thankful. I had to like change expectations. Yeah. Love the ones you're with. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a whole new game. I understand this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a shift in mindset. But in in that, I don't feel this pressure that we all have to go to the zoo or like Mm -hmm. make memories or something over the summer. Yeah. Uh, It's a different, yeah, different purpose. Uh. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Well, speaking of purpose, yeah. uh, you released a book in April called Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. If you're watching on YouTube, here's the cover of it. It's really great. And I texted you this weekend because um, because it came out in April, I was able to download it. And so I listened to you read it to me in my ears uh, for <laughs> two days on two different walks. And I need to tell you that as I was listening to it, I just kept thinking, yes. Yes, yes. This has been a heartbeat of mine, this message for a while. And it's so important because so often we'll speak to women because that's we're both women and we probably speak to majority women. Wonder, am I where I'm supposed to be? And yeah. not just physically, although that is some of it, am I doing what God wants me to be doing? Yeah. And there's this tendency to look around and wonder and all the things. And you just went right into it. Um, you talk about um, exploring different boundaries from God. So I want to go into that. But I want to start with this. I made a note in my phone as I was walking, and it just said, tell Heather to talk about humility. Hmm. And you, in a book that I would have not thought that's what I would have loved so much about it, I yeah. loved it so much, Heather. So I want you to talk to us about why humility, why you talked about it, what you said, bring us along that ride. Because that's really where the whole concept of the book started, was mm. seeing that tweet. Yeah. Uh, it was a tweet that the guy who created the Uversion app, the Bible app, mm -hmm. he was tweeting out one of his devotional writers, who was a pastor, and it said, the expanded Hebrew definition of humility is to occupy your God-given space. And I kept reading it, and I kept reading it, and it was like, not just stay in your space, but fill it step That's into good. your yeah. space. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've grown up in the church, you grew up in the church. Humility was always such a like <laughs> almost used as a bat on your head to keep you down. Yes. You know, like yeah. get smaller, get smaller. Yeah. And to me that said no, if we are in a place and, and it's not about doing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure people understood. This wasn't about like a t more to-do list for Christians. This is about a being. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Yeah. As you are made, where you are, with the people you're with. And if we shrink back mm. from being all there, fully present, fully gifted, then we're actually doing that in pride mm. because we're fearful we may mess up or yeah. what will people think or we're, we're, we're thinking about ourselves yeah. too much. Yeah. It's like, well, no, if we're actually filling that space then God gets the glory outside the space. He can do what he can outside of it. We don't have to spend too much mental energy on the ripple effects or yeah. the the even if you're a striver and a doer who's hoping to gain some sort of platform or whatever, it's like releasing all that. There's so much more peace Yeah, that is the gift of humility that I've never seen as humility as a gift. It's always like a I feel like I picture I'm like a punishment almost yes. like, Hey, like, he's like whipping you're himself. doing something wrong. Yes. Be more humble. Be yeah. more humble. Think yeah. of yourself less sit in a corner and just whip yourself and then yeah. you'll be more. And it's like, no, that is not what this is. And yeah. it, 
it reshapes a lot of the Bible. And I had to then think, okay, well, then what is my God-given space? Mm. And how does that shift over time? And just the clarity and confidence to be okay that I might be here at one point and then God has another place or way he wants to expand that boundary for me. Or maybe he's saying like it's a pulling back time and Mm -hmm. to be okay with that and trust God that I don't have to look around and compare and contrast and say, am I missing out because so-and-so got that opportunity or so-and-so is doing this with their kids and I, that's Mm -hmm. not in the cards for us. Anyway, lots of things come from just that concept of, am I occupying my God-given space? Mm. It was so good as I was listening because I, I agree with you about the humility thing that it just stood out to me so much. It's like, wow, actually living this life of humility means stepping into the things that God has for me. And pride would be saying, I'm too much or I'm not enough or I can't do this or, oh, what if I could do this? Or God, where are you now with that? And so I would love to hear from you. What does that look like for you at different seasons mm-hmm. of your life of really not just, and I love how you said, not just like stepping into your place, but like occupying what God has put in front of you. Yeah. What does that look like? Just pick a season or a thing or a time or what has that been for you, Heather? I don't think of this house. Like we mm-hmm. often think physical spaces. So mm-hmm. I'll use physical space. We wanted to move, right? And I'm like, oh no, there's bigger home. There are bigger homes. There's better areas of Dallas that are closer to my boy's friends. And even leaning into this concept of, okay, you're not having us move. Why is that? Mm-hmm. How can I reach out to the people I do know? How can I continue to meet new people around us? How can I use this space to minister to others, like, or just my own people? Am yeah. I speaking <laughs> well of my space uh-huh. or am I complaining and grumbling? You know, it's, it's being a steward of your time, of your physical place, of your body, in a unique way. It's a, it's like a mm. partnership. It's like a holding hands with God. Uh, instead of always this aspirational grass is greener elsewhere, it's a looking around and what have you given me to tend right here? Mm. And it's that like, cultivate what matters. You know, we love yeah. those books. It's that kind mm-hmm. of concept. Mm-hmm. It's just, it takes a little attention. And I think the enemy always wants to distract us with yep. other. Yep. Like, to be content and to be filled and to see that cashier and say hi to them instead of being distracted with looking at social media, what somebody mm-hmm. else is exciting is doing and you're at the grocery store. It's like the mundane then becomes this exciting adventure. Yeah. Like, what do you have for me today? Uh-huh. And that's not new. That concept is not a new yeah. concept. I'm just rephrasing one of the things it. that you talked at the, I think it was towards the end. Again, I was listening, but one of the things you talked about was, and I wrote it in my notes as well. I can't find my phone, but it was <laughs> something along. I said to tell us the difference between a shepherd and a sheep herder. Is that what? The, mm-hmm. Am I using the right word? Yeah. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. have my notes. The yeah. difference between a shepherd and a sheep herder. Yeah. And I loved you talking about that because you kind of. The myth that you said, I had actually never heard that a shepherd would break the lamb's legs to keep them. And when you talked about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's horrendous. So talk to us about the difference between those two things and what that means for us. Yeah, I think that came from me. I was following a parenting discipline Instagram account and they were just sharing like the misunderstanding because Christian parenting, it used to be, well, you need to spank or break their spirit because Mm -hmm. this is what shepherds would do to get their sheep to start following them. And they were saying, no, a shepherd, every one of those sheep would, what they owned versus the sheep, sheep. it's their sheep versus the sheep herder was just kind of watching over them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was this concept of, do we see God as someone who's breaking us? Like, when hard things happen, we often blame God for the hard things. It's like, well, what if this isn't, I need to blame God, but I need to lean on God and he's going to lead me like a Mm. shepherd would and I'm going to follow him and he's not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to go. And it's this, wherever you go, you are in your God-given space and we waste energy when we wonder, is the suffering caused by God? (laughs) Was it a consequence of our sin. It's like, mm-hmm. what if 
even in the suffering spaces. We trust that God has been through suffering. He is with us in suffering. He cares for us in suffering. And he's not trying to break us. Like that image of a God that hurts us Mm -hmm. to heal us or make us into something. It's like, well, can we, can we reframe that image? And then we occupy the space fully, even in suffering. And we wait for his deliverance instead of planning our escape. Wanting, Mm. you know, every time I'm in suffering place, I'm like, get me out of here. Yeah. (laughs) How do I get out of here? It's like, well, what would it look like if in the midst of suffering, I'm like, God, what do you have for me here? Mm. It's like you you said when one of your friends was diagnosed with um, MS, I believe, Mm -hmm. and you told her that her job was not over. She hasn't been benched. Yeah. She hasn't been benched. That mm-hmm. was what you said. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about is in the midst of that suffering, we're not benched. It's not like a penalty box. Yeah. It, but but the bench has value. Mm. The, there are seasons of like the wilderness season people talk about. Yeah. Of, you know, the spaces of walking through hard things. They build you in a unique way uh-huh. for something you don't foresee but God does he sees the whole of your life and I Uh think of things I've walked through that seemed horrible at the time but they built something in me that then helped me on the next thing that was hard it's like it was a grace Mm. that I didn't see as grace at the time yeah it was a provision Israelites walking for 40 years when it could have taken I don't know not very long a week or two I have no idea but yeah yeah that there had to have been some you're saying God God's not like absent from that Mm-hmm. Even though that was a that. consequence they had to suffer uh-huh. for their choices. It's like sometimes we, I don't know, when I've been with friends and really hard things happen, they're w- always wondering, how did God let this happen? Mm-hmm. Or why did this happen? Or the blind, the child, the, I think it's a child, the boy who's blind in the New Testament. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, was it his parents, his parents who sinned? Did he mm-hmm. sin? She's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Move on, you know. Yeah, it's not our conversation. This is yeah. So I can reveal yeah. myself through this. Anyway, yeah. we yeah. put a lot of energy into the why, and I don't know. It just felt like a, the more I dug into all of these things, it was where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting mm-hmm. your focus? And how often our focus is on things that are beyond our limitedness mm-hmm. and not faith filled on the one who has unlimited vision, who has, he knows all, he knows how the whole story ends. Yeah. Yeah. You break this book up into two sections. And, um, as I was listening to this book over the weekend, I just thought this is such a needed conversation for women in every age. Like I needed this in my Mm twenties and and I, and I wanted different things in my twenties than I do in my forties. And I needed this in my thirties when I was parenting young babies. And I need this in my mid forties when I'm entering into a new life stage that in five years, potentially if all these kids go off, I will be in this new stage of life that I've never experienced ever. I mean, the newest stage of empty nesters. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been a woman. I'm not afraid of. No. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been someone who has your identity and things outside of your kids. I think a lot of mentors that I've interacted with, they've appreciated the message as they, and even their generation, that was your identity. That was your your kids and parenting. Uh Yeah. And to have them move out or to be parenting adult children, which what, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Where do you find your identity? What is, what is my place of belonging? Where's my worth? And mm-hmm. it's helped them rekindle. Yeah. Okay. Who did God make me to be? Uh-huh. What has He given me to steward? What stories do I have in my past? What experiences have I walked through? And it the purpose starts building as they analyze those different parts of who they are. So when you're talking to young moms, and um, you know, you you mentioned that you have these older women mentors who are looking back saying, man, I had all my dating my kids, but now I want to find these things. And, and I would agree with you that I don't, I do have things outside of my children that I find not my whole identity in with that's Jesus. Right. Guys. Thanks, right. But Jesus. I do, Squirrel. <laughs> yes. Squirrel. But I do have other things that I'm invested in, which do make that transition feel like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. We're going to keep going on. And this is great. What's your encouragement for that mom who's listening going, 
wowzer, I don't think I have anything outside of my kids. Like I just live and breathe kids. And I don't mean because we all feel that way. Listen, yeah. you and I started this conversation with all the things we're doing with our children mm-hmm. and we each have full-time jobs outside mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I mean the mom who can't imagine doing anything for herself or anything with her gift because her whole life is raising her kids. What's your encouragement to her? You know, our friend Kat Armstrong, she's the one who said, we're all given as believers the same calling to go and make disciples, but we have different assignments. I think it's helpful to think first, your kids, it's one assignment. Now, there are seasons where that assignment is all-encompassing. And if you have kids with special needs or you have a unique situation where you're having to step away from your career, Maybe you love your career and you don't want to step away or you have you have many kids and you can it doesn't make sense financially to go back because yeah. the child care mm-hmm. versus anyway, yeah. each unique stage. But I would say if you truly have never considered being your own self-differentiated version, um, that might be something to explore. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to take a full time job. It may be you sign up for one art class. That's on Saturday mornings and your husband stays home with the kids on Saturday morning. It's not costing you extra in childcare. The cost is the art class, but it rekindles something in you that you loved. It may not be an art class. It may be reading uh, Russian literature. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Joining a book club. Yeah. And it may not even be a doing. Maybe you love quiet. Uh (laughs) And so it's a conversation with the people who are supporting you and your kids to make a space for quiet in your week. I just think as my kids have grown, I a little bit wish I'd done that a little sooner. Mm-hmm. I think I'd always wanted to be a mom. I had a babysitter's club growing up. I wanted to be a, a pediatrician because I love kids, not because I love medicine. Yeah. I was a speech pathologist with kids, zero to three. Always wanted to have kids. And so... They became everything in not a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So it's a bloodbath to self-differentiate. Like it yeah. just starts ripping apart. Mm-hmm. And if you could do just a little bit, I think your children benefit because then they see you fully owning your gifts. Maybe you're volunteering somewhere. They're seeing that you can use yeah. your gifts in places. Maybe they're just seeing how you love sitting down and playing the piano. They're seeing that you are a human and that is a good thing. Yeah. And this that is a only, little, yeah, makes them yeah, more was, whole people. This is a little different, but when Aaron and I were newly, well, kind of newly, well, <laughs> not newlyweds because we had some kids. So we'd married, been married five years probably. And Aaron traveled full time, like all the time, like nonstop, like 200 days a year, every Thursday through Monday, he's gone. I've got little kids. And a friend of mine who her husband was also um, a traveling person, he yeah. actually was a preacher, she gave me this advice. And she's like, here's what, here's my biggest advice for you is don't stop your life every time he comes home. Mm-hmm. And what she meant was if on Monday mornings you don't normally have Bible study, and he's usually gone on Mondays, but if he comes home early on Sunday night, still go to your Bible study on Monday morning because mm-hmm. she's like, stay committed to the things that you're supposed to be doing. And she wasn't saying ignore your husband. No. She was just saying, don't let everything that you love to do go by the wayside because he showed up a day early. Mm-hmm. And that was so good for me to hear yeah. because if I had done that, then I'm just living my life waiting for Aaron to get home and waiting to see what happens. And I adore my husband and I love spending time with him. And the same is kind of true with kids as well. Like I adore my kids and I love being with my kids. But if there's something that I've committed to, it is good for your kids to see you like live out those passions and do those things. I just, yeah, I think it's really, really great. And I hope young moms hear that. No, I remember going and visiting my great grandma. She's like jumping over a fence to go to her her farm, cleaning her feet in the sink. I mean, she was a sprightly little gal. And then my grandma, she was always a teacher. She had her master's in education. My mom loved teaching Bible studies. We would, you know, tag along to the Bible studies and she would have discipleship groups at our kitchen table. Like it was always modeled to me Mm. that women do other things or they are beyond mom people. And it Uh didn't take away from them being moms. They were, they were humans mm-hmm. <laughs> embodied, but you know, 
by the Holy Spirit in their places. And I don't know. I think it just is, they can stand on our shoulders. Yeah. You know? So good. Yeah. Because honestly, if you think about it, Heather, I had kids young. Mm -hmm. So I started having kids at 25. Okay. If God decides to keep me here till I'm 80, I will have more years without parenting kids in my home than years with them. Totally. And so that even that kind of reality is like, oh, if I build my entire life around these for me, 24 years, yeah, when I've got hopefully more, it's just kind of, yeah, it's good to think about. Well, and I was thinking about sometimes I would not do things because it would make my kids unhappy. Hmm. Like what? You know, oh, I'm not going to say yes to that because it's going to make them be unhappy because they'll miss such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I remember interviewing someone. I can't remember her name right now. September. She has like 10 kids, I think. Okay. Anyway, she loves nursing homes. She just loves nursing homes. Yeah. So she just decided, I'm taking my kids in the nursing home. We're going to go. We're going to sing to people. They're going to, you know, wear their Sunday Uh best. And we're going to uh-huh. go sing to people. And I'm like, and she wasn't doing it because that's what good Christian people do. Uh-huh. She personally she loved it. Loved that. Uh-huh. Well, her oldest son is a worship leader. So I'm sure he wasn't happy all the time yeah. to get dressed up and go to the nursing home and sing. But I bet he's happy to have a paycheck for a job <laughs> that <laughs> was inspired go. from weeks of go. singing in front of yeah. people. Anyway, I'm just, you know, you, you hear people and they're like, oh, my mom did this and my dad did this. And that's why I love this. It's like, we're informing their f- future and the legacy yeah. you're leaving. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be your whole so self. Good. Don't shrink back. Fill I that space. It. Yeah. Fill that space. In your book, you have two sections. Section one is identify your God-given space. And section two is fully occupying your God-given space. And I want to talk in the time we have left about one of the boundaries. And I want you to pick as well which one you want to talk about. But you have the boundary line of time, the boundary line of place, the boundary line of wiring, and the boundary line of experience. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciate about the way that you came a- a- about this, Heather, is all of those things apply to everybody. Th- this is not like, oh, well... Pick seven and probably five apply to you. I found myself thinking about my own life experiences and my own boundaries every time you talked about one of these. And so I think what you did was beautiful because you took things that are going to apply for all of us. So time, place, wiring, experiences. Yeah. Tell me about one of them that you want to to tell us about today. Hmm. I mean, I think we get experiences, um, but I do think include positive ones. Don't just think about the negative things you've been through. Yeah. Uh, and wiring, I think our generation is even better at knowing how we're wired um, in place. But time, think about all the movies that play with time these days, mm-hmm. like time travel, the dimensionalities, the different paths. Like, I just think it's a very interesting concept. And it is very yeah. interesting to me that we serve a God who tells us he's outside of time. So it is a very complex measurement. That when you watch a movie, you can often get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, our brains cannot comprehend eternity. We cannot comprehend God being outside of time. And so I think what we look at with our boundary is, okay, I've given tw- I'm given 24 hours in a day. But I did discover you can time travel if you get on an airplane and you go <laughs> yeah. the other way. Yeah, so I have, I have extended a day. But in general, mm-hmm. you get the 24 hours. I'm really only aware of each present moment. Mm. I really can only decide what I'm going to do, say, be, think in this present moment. Yeah. So the space to occupy when it comes to time is your exact present moment. That is the most boundaried Mm -hmm. space you've been given. And we are often in this world not present Mm. in our most present moment that Mm -hmm. we have right now if you want to be humble that would be step one yeah (laughs) like Mm -hmm. wow what am i doing with my moments yeah yeah um and then i think the concept of how we worry so much about future you and i've talked about Mm -hmm. fear before and we've talked about worry and um even 
when, hard, like we said, hard things happen or my mom found out she was pregnant with me uh, and she had a 16 year old and 11 year old. And it's like, man, can you imagine? Yeah. You're like, you uh, no, are moving on. Not actually. <laughs> you have the teenager, you have yeah. the 11 year old and you are moving on. And she just yeah. been offered a speaking gig, which for women uh-huh. then in the seventies to get a Christian women speaking gig. Yeah. And the same day she was asked, she found out she was pregnant with me. And she, she did not like that I included this, but I did get her permission. She had an IUD. Uh-huh. So she, I'm, she I overcame go- that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I'm I an know. overcomer from there the beginning. There you are. Yes. Um, and here I am. And then you fast forward on that timeline, which is what I'm saying. We worry about like our mm. kids or we worry about what's going to happen in the future. How's this going to turn out? It's like, and I'm sure she wasn't thrilled in that moment. She thought she was, she was, her first child came when she was 17. So she yeah. thought she was finally yeah. going to be able to be an adult uh-huh. and have her own yeah. career. And then I show up and you fast forward even farther. And I was the one she lived with when she went through breast cancer, the chemo. And then my dad passed away a month later. And then she had surgery and she had radiation. The surprise kit. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. And can we humble ourselves to recognize we don't know? Wow. That makes me feel like I want to cry. I mean, just because you're like, we don't know in 10 years what is because of today. You cannot know. And there is a comfort in not knowing. It also makes me think like, there's a comfort in not knowing. And I I also, I don't know what this says about me. I also feel like I don't want to miss it. And and I don't believe that we can miss God by any means. But even when you're talking about with your mom, I don't want to miss something that feels maybe not the best today, but I know, well, I don't know, God knows, is the best for 10 years from now. That that kind of will blow my mind of like, what is that? And I think it's okay to have the grief moment of this was my expectation and this was my reality. Uh But I think it is always good to hold in that tension oh, maybe this disappointment and this grief has a purpose. Can I even mm-hmm. surrender my disappointment? Say, God, this really hurts and I'm really sad. This is not what my plan was. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> in my mom's case, it took 40 years. There's a lot of yeah. 40 years in the Bible of waiting to see that there was, you know, and I'm sure I brought joy before 40 years. I'm pretty amazing. For sure you did. <laughs> but there, I just, yeah. it's like, I often, again, it's the where do we put the energy? Mm. And if we're putting the energy into blaming God for that grief or that disappointment or just dwelling there, mm-hmm. I think it's acknowledging the feeling, surrendering it to God, and in the waiting, continually handing it back yeah. to Him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't yeah. what I thought my marriage was going to look like. This right. isn't what I thought my kids were going to be like. This isn't what I thought yeah. my job was going to be like. And keep handing it back. And a lot of the book, too, is about prayer. Like, yeah. are you listening to God? Yeah. Can you take those boundary lines? Can you bring them to God and say, God, what is the space you're asking me to occupy mm. right now? And am I filling it? Those are two really simple questions. And if we yeah. pause and we actually listen to God's voice, which is thoughts coming into our mind that line up with his yeah. word, I think we'll be surprised. So good. Are you guys watching the show Quarterback on Netflix? Mm-mm. You guys should. It's my favorite show I'm watching right now. Okay. But is it like things, Friday Night Lights? No, it's a the it's produced by Peyton Manning and oh. they follow last season Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, and I've already forgotten his name because he uh left the show early and okay. left the team. Um oh. some people the Falcons fans are really mad at me right now. But anyhow. <laughs> And the Oregon Ducks. I played. I think he played for Oregon a long time ago. Anyhow, they follow these quarterbacks. And one of the things that Kirk, I think it was Kirk Cousins who was talking about this, and it made me think about what you're just saying, which is why I'm bringing this up. And I have I have brought this conversation up a lot because I think it's really hitting me in a, in a way right now. Is Kirk was talking about something in a game that they were super behind in, and he said he said it's just about the, just run the next play, like you just run the next play, and. You know, for those of you that that understand and love football, 
you got it. You have four times to get the next, the next down. Right. And so he was like, don't think about the fourth down, just run the first down. Like you just run the next play. And that just that simple statement has stood out to me so much in life of thinking we get, like you said, we get so far ahead of the fear of the worrying of the wondering. And what if God is say, just be in this moment right now, yeah. do this play right now. Yeah. Um, that's really hit me hard. And it's what you're talking about. Yeah. Run the next play. And if you think about that's the humility. To not have to be in charge or know what's happening. The humility plays is down the road. God, you're bigger. God, you're outside mm-hmm. this space. God, what do you, are you inviting me into inside this space? And how can I respond in obedience to that? That's humility. Humility. Mm-hmm. And that's how we occupy the space that God's given us. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Heather? Love this book. Love Thank everything you. you're doing so Thank much. You. Proud of you too. Ah, proud of your journey. Ah, uh, you, you, go, did you your... see where you were in it. I heard. My okay. I was like, oh, look at her. Okay. Okay. I, look at the I was like, I saying. wonder if she, this will be a test. I That'll be a test if, if I got all the way to the mm-hmm. end. I, I didn't did. want to tell it. you. I, I didn't want to tell you. Like, wait till yep, you get we to. We talked chapter. about podcast advertising and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I am proud of you because you tell your story about getting to write books, and it is just a story of being in your time occupying where you are, giving things back to God that you thought were, were that you wanted and that he had given you and it wasn't happening. And so you bring a lot of great personal experience to this story as well. Um, okay. Tell everyone where they can find your, tell them the name of your podcast and yada, yada. This comes out August 16th. Tell me what's going on this fall on the podcast. Uh, this fall on the podcast, we're doing a little tech series. You can find Ooh, it. At, I love um, it. Don't Mom Alone is the podcast if you search on iTunes. My website now is my name, heathermcfadden.com. And yeah, we're going to do a text series and talk about things that don't make us feel guilty. I've also kind of done a fun new thing that I really love on the podcast. It's me and a friend, Cynthia, and we are real, real and talking about our mother journey. And so these are going to be first Friday bonus episodes that we release. Um, we just had a really good time Cynthia. together. Cynthia Yanoff. Yep. Uh-huh. So we're just having fun and laughing it. a lot. And people are like, I've been listening to Heather for 10 years and I feel like I'm finally getting to know her. So <laughs> apparently. Cynthia's bring it out of you. <laughs> apparently I'm unhinged and unfiltered. So yeah. That's great. Yes. That's yeah. Great. So it- that's what's gone. I love it. You guys can listen to that podcast. You're podcast listeners now because you're listening to us. And then get this book, Right Where You Belong, How to Identify and Fully Occupy Your God-Given Space. And I love this because you, it's a lot of um, scripture and Bible-based and practical as well, which I think is is really, really great. Heather, I'd love to know, what are you reading these days? So I've gotten, as I write nonfiction, I read fiction. So I'm currently reading In the Wild Light. And I had to look up the author. I don't have this stuff memorized. Jeff Zentner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a story Which of- Which mean you're writing again? What? Is, no. Are you writing again right now? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm just okay. saying like when I'm in the not- So I've been reading- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get into fiction. Then I'm kind of- I just started reading a nonfiction book, tired of trying to measure up. Okay. So, but- Got yeah. it. I just- Got it. Fiction is fun. Yeah. I need some more fiction in my life. I'm doing a ton of interviews right now these next couple of weeks, which means I'm reading a lot of nonfiction. Nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Um, I try really hard to read books before I talk to people. Um, And so I'm actually kind of looking forward to the end of August when I can um, have a bunch of interviews behind me and read a couple of fiction books. Yeah. In the wild night. It's good. It's a good. Okay. All right. Well, Heather, thanks for coming back on the happy hour. Thank you for having me. Always a good time. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley.